Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Jim Rosati. Jim, what's up? What's up? Good morning. Good morning. I'm back. I was, uh, Neil had to fill in for me last week, which was nice. That was, that Neil was did good. a good job, too. He did. I, uh, I ended up watching it. It was, uh, it was a good, it was a good show. I want to make sure that came off as like, I was shocked. Like, Neil did a good job. I wasn't shocked, but Neil no. did a really good job. Thank you, Neil, for filling in. Uh, good show. Absolutely. Yes. Now you have returned. You're back to work, not being lazy, as Neil said. Uh, so welcome yep. back. It's good to be back. Nothing better than waking up early on a Monday to talk about Pirates offseason. We get to talk about the Rule 5 drafts. <laughs> this is exciting stuff, Jim. I'm sure you couldn't get to sleep last night. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it's like Christmas morning. <laughs> you know, it's funny. is like last week we talked like it's, it's exciting. The offseason's here. Like as Pirates fans, we're back, right? You had the postseason. You can just like step away, not really pay much attention to. Because when much wasn't much the Pirates could do, right? Now the the offseason's here. And well, I mean, it's also baseball offseason, so there's not gonna be much to talk about for like the next month still. Yeah. Um I, I don't know what all we'll we'll see here before winter meetings. Um there's definitely some things that have to happen this week and we'll get to it. So the pirates have some moves to make by uh by Tuesday. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I don't know how many free agency signings we'll see in the next month. I'm really curious to see. Um, you know, you've got this whole unknown about these RSNs too. Mm-hmm. I'm curious on if that affects free agency. I know you and Tyler hit on it last week a little bit, but um, you know these teams. You had a. Uh, you had a source of income that was, you know, set in stone prior to this. And now, right. now you've got some teams out there who aren't exactly sure how much they're going to make on their TV rights. And when you get unknowns like that, does it cause some people to maybe tighten the purse strings a get a bit because they're not really sure how they're going to do. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. It's just weird because I feel like every year, I mean, since COVID, like you've been having this situation, like are teams going to spend, are they not, are they more cost conscious? But I mean, you definitely see teams, I mean, go all out. Like you've seen all the off seasons and there's certainly, certainly been, I mean, look at the, the Padres last year, obviously, right. One of the teams for sure. Right. Uh, that you normally wouldn't see, but, but right. You know, that's what's, that's what's making this off season, what it is and kind of unique. It's like what teams will spend, what teams won't. And how is that going to affect certain players, certain markets? You know, we're going to find out. It on the other end of this, right? The Cubs just couldn't spend. The Cubs were broke. The Cubs were broke. They couldn't spend. Trade everyone off. That's all you heard. It, it, it seems like as if the Cubs found some money this offseason, apparently, because uh, like it sounds like they're one of the teams that's going to go all in. I mean, they're connected to Otani. Then there's words last night they're connected to Reese Hoskins. Uh, a, a, a Juan Soto potential trade, you know, I mean, they're in on anything and everything right now. So, yeah. um, doesn't seem as maybe like it's affecting them. Yeah. Unfortunately for the pirates, the Cubs seem to be in a pretty good spot. Um, they've got their own TV network, right. With the whole marquee sports thing. So 
you know, they're, they're set there. Um, they've got the prospect capital to make a big trade if they want to, um, you know, they, they stocked up on, on, on their, on, you know, in, in their minor league system over the last few years. And it's a, it's a good system and they can use those guys to acquire major league talent if they want. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I have a feeling the Cubs are going to make some some big moves this offseason just because they're linked to so many things. Um, but yeah, let's um, <clears throat> let's hope that Shohei Otani isn't a Cub. That's just like the one thing I hope for. Because like I love Shohei Otani. Love watching that guy play baseball. Playing against him 15 times a year would be... Uh, would be heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Also less than ideal. And uh, less than ideal, yeah. You also say 15 times the way the Cubs are projecting, the way that you hope the Pirates are projecting might be 16 times. You don't want that 16th time to happen either. <laughs> no, I don't want to play Otani at all. I I would prefer to just stay away from him. Yeah. Like Go to stay in the American League. Like the dreams have been crushed because as well, like we've had the Arenado, we've had Madison Bumgarner. We don't need the Otani game in the near future either. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, damn it. I mean, I'm just looking at this whole division, and it just reminds me so much of like 2012, 2013, 2014. I mean, think about this. Like the NL Central was actually very competitive. It's garbage right now, but like. The Cubs are coming, the Reds are coming, the Pirates are coming. Maybe Milwaukee's like having this little quick retool that you know you've kind of talked about too. Like maybe not right now, but in a few years they'll be good again. And it's like you might have like a three, possibly like four-headed monster, and the Cardinals are still the Cardinals. Like it's coming. Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah, you do look at the division and you're like like all five of these teams, I think, are are primed to be pretty good uh the next handful of years or so uh, the the cardinals aren't going to be in last place for forever like they're going to make they're going to make moves this offseason to to change that um the cubs like you mentioned they're going to spend they've got the prospects too like if they want to if they want to develop their guys and stick with their guys they've got them if they want to trade them for major league talent they can do that too the brewers obviously going to do this little mini rebuild here but They've got a ton of talent too in the upper levels of the minors that are ready to go. And uh, the Reds, we saw them call up a ton of guys last year. So that's a super young team that you got to expect is only going to get better as they supplement that roster with, with, they uh, only have more to go to. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's going to be tough here. Uh, I don't don't think any of these teams are going to be like 100 win teams, but you're going to have to deal with, uh, all five teams in the division capable of, you know, putting up winning records. Sure. At least. And honestly, like to your point, I don't think anyone was looking at the 2012 Pirates and saying, I don't think there's a hundred win team in this, you know, no, in this organization coming in the Pirates going win 98. I mean, things could happen, right? But there's certainly potential, uh, but absolutely. It's just, it's kind of heartbreaking watching these teams get better. Cubs being one of them, and now you're hearing the Cubs linked to everybody. Um, and you know what? There was a report. I don't know how true this was, right? But there was like a report that 
you Darvish was kind of in Shohei Otani's ear, kind of talking like into the Cubs and buying into the Cubs and how great of an organization that is and this and that. So yeah, it's 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 sad. But at any rate, we don't have to talk about the Cubs and be sad. We can talk about the Pirates and be sad if you want. Yeah, let's do that too. Okay. Um, I guess let's start off with the. Uh, I mean, I know the Rule Five drafts coming. Let's get to that. Let's table off for a little bit. I think there was hotter news per se this weekend that a lot of Pirates fans were in discussion over. I don't want to say it was like so controversial, but to the degree it was. Uh, I mean, we talked about. The Gold Glove Award. Cabrian Hayes won it, right? He won the Gold Glove Award for third base. Congratulations, Cabrian Hayes. Uh, the fan voting took place for the Platinum Award. That was announced on Saturday night about 11 o'clock. And uh, Cabrian Hayes didn't win. Uh, it was awarded to, in the NL, of course, Fernando Tatis Jr. And I don't know if say like rightfully so. Like I get it, right? It's the hometown. Cabrian Hayes had an outstanding season. I know a lot of Pirate fans seem upset. Cabrian Hayes was robbed. Uh, Jim, was Cabrian Hayes really, really robbed, even if it was the fan voting? Um, I guess it depends on how you say robbed. Like, was, was, was Cabrian Hayes deserving of this award? Yeah. Like I think there's a there were there would have been a handful of guys that you could have said who won this award um and said they absolutely deserved it. And Cabrian Hayes was one of those guys for sure. Um Fernando Tatis Jr. was another one of those guys. Uh they moved him to right field this year and he was just outstanding out there. Uh I think Fernando Tatis Jr. led the National League in outs above average, if I'm correct. Um, so, you know, there's not outs above average, but defensive run safety did defensive run saved. Okay. So there's, there's, there's statistics all around that you could say, Oh, Atis deserves it. Oh, Hayes deserves it. Was it a popularity contest? I think you've got to kind of take a step back and say, first off, the American League winner was Andres Jimenez. Who? Well-known, very popular Cleveland Guardians, Andres Jimenez. Um, if it was a popularity contest, Andres Jimenez would not have won the the Platinum Glove. So I think the fans did did an okay job here. Um, and, and then Tatis Jr., same thing. Like I don't know about you, but the overall sentiment that I get about you know this this jersey up above my above my shoulder here um, <laughs> is that is that most is that most guys, most people don't like him like fans don't like Fernando Tatis Jr. Dude was suspended uh, in 2022 for steroids uh, PEDs so like he's not a very popular figure among non Padres fans really at at this moment in time so um, sir just uh, I just want to say something. Because bring this back home. Think about Sonny Marte when he was popped. Was he also well liked at home? Uh, like with what you're saying, I'm sure right. there's uh might be a small, but like there's certainly a sentiment of fans that are Padres fans that probably don't like him either. That's true, probably. Um, but yeah, popularity contest. Like fans don't even fans don't like Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> like fans of other teams don't like him. Uh, so I I don't. 
I don't think you can. I think you have an. You absolutely have a reason to to be disappointed that Hayes didn't win this award. I, I think he was well deserving of it. Um, he won the Fielding Bibles Defensive Player of the Year, right for the for the league. So there was there was another entity that gave him basically this type of award. Um, the fans decided Tatis was uh, was better though. Uh, so yeah, definitely. I don't know if you uh, if snub is the right word to use. Um, he was he was well deserving. Tatis was well deserving. It sucks. It would have been nice to see Hayes win it. And I think he'll win it eventually. Like I think people are starting to take notice that that Brian Hayes is really, really, really good defensively. And if he can keep it up offensively, that's only going to bring more attention to his defense. So we'll see how he does. If he can put up another year, um, you know, like he had been the last few months of the season, this this could be an award he wins next year. Yeah, I'm with you. Because there definitely is some popularity involved. Of course, it's it's fan voting. And, and I don't have a problem with this. That's the other thing. Because ultimately, Jim, when you are talking resumes and you're talking Hall of Fame, you're just talking whatever, do you bring up Platinum Glove or do you bring up Gold Glove? Right. That's Gold Glove. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm alluding to. This is just the vote for the fan. This is just something that Rawlings incorporates the fans for. Cool. Right. I, I think I'm talking more about gold gloves. Like that's more prestigious. Platinum is just I mean it's it still means something, right? But it's it's the gold gloves everyone talks about. Like, do you remember who won the platinum glove three years ago? Nolan Arenado. Okay. For the AL. Just he's, because he's that's that's very really easy because it was always <laughs> it was either him or Yachty. Yeah. Um no, I don't. I don't. Okay. So that's kind of my point. You know, it's not as if this is so prestigious that like you remember who MVP was, you remember who Cy Young was, do you remember the Platinum Glove winner? No. Right? It's just a fun way to incorporate fans. Cool, 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 cool. Right? Just is what it is. But in the same sense, the fans kind of got it right. You know, that's where I'm at also. The the number of people I saw air quotes, right? Crying that it wasn't Brian Hayes. It's just it just ain't right. Like Fernando Tatis Jr. led all of MLB in defensive run saves. He actually tied, and I pointed this out. I forget who it was on Twitter that checked me and, and got this because I didn't realize this because, of course, like Fangrass breaks it up by position, so it wasn't so much on my radar. But Dalton Valshar, Varsho, Dalton Varsho, yeah, I don't know where that came from. Dalton Varsho actually also had 29 because of left field and center field for the AL. So actually, you could say he was robbed. For the AL side, if you really want to. But Fernando Tatis Jr. led all of baseball with 29 defensive runs saved. Next man up after him in the NL was Cabrian Hayes, but at 21. And what I want to say, too, is Cabrian Hayes didn't miss time because of, obviously, the, the injury, right? So he only had 1,037 plate appearance. I'm sorry, innings. But, like, Fernando Tatis led all of MLB by missing almost a month's time also because of that suspension that you mentioned. Again, rightfully so. Like, he deserved to lose a month's time. But, like, Brandon Tatis came after the suspension, played a brand new position he's never played before, and led baseball in defensive run save. Like, super, super impressive season by Fernando Tatis Jr. 
And like, think of this other end. If it was Cabrian Hayes, you could absolutely have an argument that Tatis Jr. was robbed also. So more to your point that, yeah, like Hayes was deserving of it, but so was others. Like, it's not as if this is just a, uh, like a Nolan Arenado, Cabrian Hayes type of 2022 season. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and I mean, you can kind of look at like kind of what the fans did. The fans, the fans picked the top two guys in defensive run saved at the end of the day. Like that's, that's what they used as their measurement. And if that's what they wanted to use as their measurement, then I'm not, I mean, I, I, I can't argue it. Like th- there's a lot of defensive statistics out there, right? Sure. And I don't know which one's better. I don't know if defensive run saved is better than outs above averaged and or defensive war or um any of that stuff right like pick and choose which one you want because we don't really have enough data yet to say definitively which one's the best right right um so yeah if you if you go to fan graphs you click on fielding and you sort by defensive run saved tatis is one jimenez is two in all of baseball so and if you sort it by team blue jays is one Brewers is two, which is what with the team vote, right? The team award. The Brewers got it. Yeah. They're the second best team in baseball when it comes to defensive run save. Like, it's just not, again, like where I'm at is like, none of this should be shocking at all. Because there's clear reference points like you're talking about to show that this this Mm -hmm. is absolutely correct. Yeah. So now Hayes is is third. Like, Hayes is the next guy on that list, but yeah. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, Hayes had an outstanding defensive season. He's going to win one of these. But I agree with you. Like the gold glove is what matters. This is really this is this award was created 13 years ago. Like it's it's a new thing that they did to just get the fans involved. Which is cool. It right. did it certainly serves its purpose. At the end of the day though, if Cabrian Hayes can reel off like 12 gold gloves, he'll win one of these. He'll win one of these eventually. Yep. And the 12 gold gloves is what really matters. So right. one of 12 so far. So yeah, I guess that's that. Just just calm down. It's okay. It, it, yes, it is somewhat of a popularity contest, but this wasn't just as if it was who's the most popular person because as your point proved, none of these guys should be. And the second point is there's also merit. Like It was deserving so. I said it, so, it just depends on what what statistic you use. And the fans used defensive run saved. That was their that was the way they measured it. The majority of fans who voted used that as a measurement. There it is. All right, cool. So should we move on to the rule five draft now? Sure, let's do it. All right. So much like Ben Charrington's tenure, a lot of guys that are up for the rule five draft uh, eligible. Um, I think this year is much different than other like Rule 5 drafts, though. Well, I shouldn't say like, Rule 5 drafts, but uh, different than other years and like who you're going to protect. Because I don't think it's that interesting. Uh, so, Jim, why don't you lead us off with this? Who do you think the Pirates... Well, let me just talk about who's like kind of eligible this year. Yeah, so, um, so I actually wrote an article last night. If you want to read on the new NS9 blog, NorthShore9.com. Um, this was your layout, uh, your alley There's a, there a post up there previewing the Rule 5 eligible prospects, so make sure you check that out. 
Um, but I break it up as far as like who who needs to be added, who probably won't be added, you know, and and you know maybe not their first time eligible either. Um, and then also, you know, who's newly eligible, um, but probably still not being added. So let's start with the guys who um, are newly eligible. There's quite a list of players here. Um, I'll hit up on, I'll hit up the uh, the ones that are well, maybe relevant here, but Jace Bowen, um, Sung Chi Chang, running through Hudson Head. Brennan Malone. These are basically just guys that you probably have heard of before. Sammy Ciani, uh, Emmanuel Torero. Um, that's it as far as like relevant guys, newly newly relevant. Um, and then as far as guys who were eligible last year who are still eligible, Andres Alvarez, Braxton Ashcraft, Carter Bins, Michael Escado, J.C. Flowers, Matt Frazier, Matt Gorski. Uh, Dario Lopez, Rodolfo Nolasco, Connor Scott. Let's kind of leave it at that's that's basically our list there. Um, so out of those guys, who has to be added? I think as far as the newly eligible people go, there's really just one name that sticks out as far as like he needs to be added to the list, and that's uh, that's Sung Chi Chang. Um, Yep, he's someone who has the position versatility. Plays all around the diamond. He's a shortstop. Plays it well. He can play second base. He can play third base. Um, he he's someone that he has the tool set that if you um if you're like a bad baseball team and you wanna you wanna use him as a utility infielder for a full season, you could probably get away with it next year. Um, if you're a competitive baseball team or a team that's hoping to be competitive, he's probably not in your um, you know, not in your radar to, to be a major leaguer next season. So I don't think the Pirates are looking for Sung Chi Chang to provide any value. But um, yeah, Sung Chi Chang, I think, is a must add. Uh, he had a really good year in Greensboro before getting promoted to Altoona. Wasn't quite as good at Altoona, uh, but he was also still just 21 years old. He just turned 22. Um, he's got some time to adjust to the level. He's kind of in the same stage of his career that like Pagero was when he got to that double A Altoona mm. level. Um, yep. So I would imagine Chang goes back to Altoona next year, but but definitely someone needs to be added to the 40 man. Um, he just has too good of a tool set to expose him in this draft. Plain and simple. Yeah, for sure. You know, this is the guy where it'd be tough drafting him because, like you said, he is young. He struggled quite a bit in double A. Now he turned on a little bit, you know, towards the end. So it wasn't like as bad per se, but like didn't have like a really good solid season in double A, right? And just hit double A, but he's talented. You know, like you said, if I'm one of those mm -hmm. teams, I see talent there. I need talent to, you know, get my team out of drafting number one overall every year. He's a guy I'm going to look forward to get. You know, I can find some plate appearances. You know, you can play that weird development type of thing. Like it's not going to be the best development track to do this, but, uh, I want talent, and he certainly has that. It's not just like a power bat either. It's not just like you know he's a one trick pony. He's got a good bat. He's got a good glove. Uh, and like yeah, talked about here, he was he was the folk hero in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, he played well for them. So 
Actually, did he get the yeah. very? I could be wrong. Did he get the very first hit? Because I think their team was the first that I, played. I think he might have. Um, but yeah, he, he was playing for uh, for Taiwan, and right. yeah, had a had a good World Baseball Classic, which kind of set him up to have that really good first half of the year in Greensboro. So I'm with you. I'm protecting him because I don't want to lose him. And there's certainly a chance that you can. Yeah. Um, next guy who I think is a. I've heard some people saying that like they 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 would expect to add him. I, I think this is a, another must add guy, uh, and that's Braxton Ashcraft. Uh, Ashcraft was eligible in last year's draft, but he was coming off a of Tommy John surgery. He hadn't pitched since 2021, and when he did pitch in 2021. It was in high A ball, and it wasn't very good, right? So uh, there wasn't a whole lot of data to go off of. No one drafted him, obviously. just stole him away and with all those unknowns. Um, but Braxton Ashcraft came back this season. Pirates were super careful with him. Uh, coming off that Tommy John surgery, he only threw like a little bit over 50 innings this year. Um, 19 starts. He made 19 starts, um, 52 and a third inning. So you can do the math there. That's like less than three innings a start. Yeah, but starts. Um, yeah. Air quotes. But when he when he did start, it was really good. Um, particularly when he reached Altoona the second half of the year, uh, he made eight starts for Altoona, and he didn't give up a run in seven of those eight starts. The stuff is excellent. Um, ninety six to ninety seven with a fastball. He's got a really good curveball to go along with it, um, and then you know a slider changeup combo. So like he's got that starting pitching arsenal. I think he's someone that is possibly like major league bullpen ready right now. If you wanted to just stick him in a bullpen. And I think ultimately that that's probably where he ends up um, just because of that, like those two really good pitches that he has. Um, but the pirates are going to stretch him out and see if they can make him a starter. Um, but uh, someone like this, if, if Braxton Ashcraft is less exposed in the rule five draft, he'll be, he will be picked because um, there will be a team out there that loves the stuff and they will put him in their bullpen for, for the rest of the, for, for all of 2024. Uh, so I don't think the pirates allow that to happen. Um, I don't think you can just give up arms like this. Braxton Ashcraft is added, is going to be added to the 40 man roster by Tuesday. I can, I, 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 I won't guarantee it, but like I would be absolutely shocked if they don't add him. There's really not a whole lot more to add to what you said. I mean, you're absolutely correct. He is going to get drafted. Where I feel like with Chang, he probably could get drafted. But I'm more intrigued with Chang as far as a player and tool set than Ashcraft. But he's absolutely going to get drafted this year and be in someone's bullpen if he's left exposed, like you said. So that's where I'm at, too. The Pirates can't afford to lose someone like this. You, you just protect him because the Pirates could absolutely be... We could be talking about him in July with the Pirates' bullpen. Um, yeah. And it's not as if they don't need arms. Oh, no, we have we have too many arms, guys. We don't need another one. So uh, I absolutely with you. You know, there's some intrigue here. Uh, I don't know if it's really as a starter also. But again, you need bullpen arms. And uh, I'm keeping him also. Yeah, I kind of look at this as like, if they added Yeri De Los Santos two years ago. Sure. They're, they're adding Braxton Ashcraft this year because... Where Ashcraft is sitting right now is kind of is from a developmental standpoint in a similar spot that De Los Santos was in, and Ashcraft looks like the better prospect. 
Like if you just had to compare the two from where they were at this point in time, Ashcraft's the better prospect. Uh, yeah. So they're they're not letting him go. I'm with you. I think it would be foolish if they did. Uh, again, like it's not the end of the world if either of these two are drafted, right? It's not the end of the world, but it just doesn't make sense. So you're going to protect those. Uh, whereas kind of like foreshadowing of the next set of guys that we're talking about here. Who's next? Yeah. Um, next, you know, just a couple of names that they were left off last year. Um, again, eligible this year. Uh, Matt Gorski being one. He was, he was a hot name. We talked about Matt Gorski a lot last year at this time of year. Um, and we thought that he was probably going to be added because, you know, there was a lot of national media saying that like, Hey, Matt Gorski is one of those top guys that, you know, in this role five draft that they could see getting picked. And it, that, I mean, it made sense. Gorski was uh, coming off a really, really good year um, in Greensboro and Altoona. The issue though, he wasn't picked last year and he came back this year and he really didn't play that well. So, right. If he wasn't picked last year, after this season, he was it was very just pedestrian season for Matt Gorski. Ninety seven weighted runs created plus in double A. No one picked him last year. No one's going to pick him this year. I can't imagine. Um, and then the other one here, kind of in the same boat, Malcolm Nunez. Malcolm Nunez is a little bit different developmentally because he made AAA so young. He's still really young. He's still just twenty two, um, but he had a really good season last year. Uh, and this year was bad. Like he had a bad, bad, bad year this year. Can't see anybody using up a roster spot on Malcolm Nunez. Um, so those are the two I kind of wanted to highlight off of the, uh, you know, it's their second time around type deal. But I don't think either of those guys get added. Because yep, there's no you. reason to. Absolutely with you. I had a little bit of intrigue with Nunez coming in this year. Injuries de- derailed a lot of season two. And he's a first baseman. You know, you lose out on Malcolm Nunez, you're not crying yourself to sleep at all. And honestly, well, the, the Pirates, Pirates, the Pirates have, need have first to do base. better than him. Yeah, I mean, the Pirates need first baseman, so it would be really great if Malcolm Nunez could be that guy, but right. based off of last year, doesn't seem to be. Exactly. So, I don't think he gets drafted by anybody. And again, like, you're talk- like Mason Martin, there's a lot of controversy is he going to get you know added or whatnot and we talked like there's really no reason to and he wasn't drafted by anybody and it's like if mason martin wasn't do you really foresee malcolm nunez getting picked up especially after the season he had probably not but like you said you know that he is there's youth on his side um you know i still like him like in the system i hope he doesn't get drafted but i'm not also going out of way to protect him to keep him there yeah I, i'm in the same boat like by no means am i giving up on malcolm nunez right but um, yeah, he's just 22. So and he and he reached AAA at a really young age. So there's something there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you don't get to AAA that fast with nothing. Um, it's just that uh, yeah, he he was bad this year. No one's no one's gonna guarantee a 26 man roster spot to that guy. So no need to protect him. Um, moving on to the next uh the next folk the next uh group there. Um, newly eligible guys who you may want to consider. Um, we'll start with Emmanuel Torero because the next guy is going to be the guy we want to talk about the most. But Torero kind of burst onto the prospect scene a little bit. We talked about him a lot for the, those early Starbucks in the year because he was off to such a hot start in Bradenton. 
I think for Torero, he's just way too far off. Like he had he had a pretty good year in in uh in the Florida State League, but you can't really make that jump from low A ball to the majors. So I don't see Torero really being considered as a as a potential pick. So might as well leave him off. He's just too far away. That's about it. It just he's just so young, so far away. He's twenty years old. Not even like he hasn't sniffed double A yet. No team is taking a chance on him. Yeah, especially I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, so I don't I don't think there's any need to uh, to add Torero there. But the guy who is um, kind of this year's Matt Gorski, let's call it, um, and that's that's Jace Bowen. Um, Broke out in Greensboro 2020 season, 117 weighted runs created plus. Um, he's still, you know, he's still young. Um, he followed up that with a late season promotion to Altoona. He was there for like a week. Uh, then he goes to the Arizona Fall League and plays really well. Um, 855 OPS in the Fall League. I think he hit four home runs, showcased his speed. I think he stole five bases. He also had like a, he played really good defense. Six bases. Bounced. Six bases, bounced all over the diamond. I know there. I know like outfield assists from him. Like he, he, uh, he showcased his talents uh, down there in the Arizona Fall League. So, um, so you now have this. When how how old is uh, Jace Bowen? He's think he's twenty two. He's twenty three. Okay, he just he turned September second. Yep. So Jace Bowen, you've got this twenty three year old. He's got thirty three at bats over high A. Um. He clearly possesses some skill sets, you know, 2020 season in, in high A. Uh, he doesn't strike out a ton. He doesn't really walk a ton either, but he's got the speed. He plays the defense. He's versatile. Behind, you know, he plays all three outfield spots. He can play first base. He can play center field, which this organization doesn't really have a lot of those types of guys. So, Jace Bowen, is he getting added to the 40 man? Um, I say no, and I really just kind of go back to Gorski last year. Like, if Gorski wasn't added, I don't see Bowen getting added. Um, mainly because I just don't think anyone picks him. Like, I know, like, the, there was a, it was a nice season for Jace Bowen, but I don't know. You pull up any organization in Major League Baseball, you pull up their Fangraphs roster resource page, every one of those guys, every single team, as a 22-year-old who had a 117 weighted runs created plus in high A last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody. Like they all have them. So like, are you dedicating a 26-man roster spot to one of those guys? I, I, I wouldn't. Like if the Pirates, if the Pirates were picking in the Rule 5 draft, right? And we know that the Pirates, obviously, they they probably need to go out there and get an outfielder this offseason. I don't know if it necessarily needs to be like a, a starting outfielder, but they need to probably get something. Um, if they added a Jace Bowen type guy to their to their twenty six man roster, I'd be like, this this isn't it. This is <laughs> this isn't what I was talking about when I said acquire an outfielder. So. Um, now the caveat in the Rule Five draft is you've got some really bad teams who are picking too, who can maybe maybe use it. 
I just, I don't know. I don't see it. I just don't think Jace Bowen is as unique as some Pirates fans maybe think he is. And that's not a knock to Jace Bowen. I think he's had an outstanding career. I want him in the organization next year. I just don't see how any team would pick the guy. There's just a lot of reasons. Here's, here's the thing. There's just a lot of reasons not to. Sure, there's intrigue, right? He's got power. He's got speed. He's had a fine season in the AFL. He's really coming out there and showcasing what he has, right? So there's a lot of buzz around his name. And and I guess there's a lot of buzz around his name for Pirates fans. There's a lot of buzz around his name nationally and other teams. Like we talk about the AFL. It, all the teams are there. They can scout, right? So they're seeing him also. Uh, so, so maybe he's on other people's radar at this point. You know, I know Gorski, they, he wasn't protected. We talked about him like reasons not to, he went undrafted. I can certainly see Jace Bowen being undrafted as well, but you know what? There's that, like that small chance, like you're talking about, there could be that one team that's like, you know what? Here's our biggest need in the organization. Let's add him. Let's see what happens. Right. And, and whatever pirates already ha- pirates have 37 guys on the 40 man. If you're adding these two that we talked about, which seems like shoe-ins, you're at 39. Are you filling it with Jace Bowen? So are you also not like planning on drafting anybody? Do you think there's nobody out there that's going to be more intriguing to Rule 5 than a Jace Bowen that you have to fill up this 40-man? Are you also looking who's on the 40-man saying, okay, Henry Davis, Connor Joe, Joshua Palacios, Brian Reynolds, Kenny Smith and Jigba, Jack Sawinski, like, are you, are you, are you saying, you know what, here's what we'll do then. We'll add Jace Bowen and we'll DFA Kanan Smith and Jigba. We'll DFA Joshua Palacios. I mean, you, you could make an argument. I'm not going to say you can't, but is that really the move? You know what Joshua Palacios did at 21 in high A? I'm sorry, at 22 at high A like Jace Bowen? He had a Jace Bowen season. Like, that's what we're talking about. Like, I feel like Jace Bowen's peak is almost like a fourth outfielder like we talked about like the best version you're probably going to get if jace bowen hits is a fourth outfielder are you that worried why don't you just say you know what if he gets drafted congratulations jace you had a great season i thank you for everything that you did here's to your success for that organization because they need you because honestly we don't what we need right now are players that we know are going to be good. That that spot that's open right now, that's a free agent that's going to make your team better, not a hope that Jace Bowen might be a fourth outfielder. Like, does that make sense? So it's yeah. it's not... It is, but like I'm not trying to knock so much on Jace, but it's also just where this organization is and where it needs to be. And you can't worry about a Jace Bowen at this point in time. Not for the 2024 Pittsburgh Pirates. You just can't. And if you're making that argument, get it out of your head, move forward, and stop this line of thinking. Be better. Yeah, I mean, if, if you are projecting Jace Bowen to top out as a fourth outfielder, you can't you can't use up a 40-man spot on him right now. Because you need to you need to go out there and you need to use that spot to go get a better person. You need to re-sign Andrew McCutcheon at some point, too. There's a there's a 40-man spot. And there's 40. So the Kenny Smith, the yeah. you're talking about, probably maybe getting DFA'd. Joshua Palacios, maybe getting DFA'd. You know what I mean? Like the guys that are ahead of him in the pecking order, their job's not safe either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't see, I don't see adding Chase Bowen. So I kind of keep going back to Matt Gorski. Like, 
similar, probably uh, caliber prospects at the time of Rule 5 eligibility. Gorski didn't get added. Bowen, probably not going to get added. And and yeah, like if, if Bowen gets taken, there may be like the Oakland Athletics could go out there and, and draft Chase Bowen, right? And if that happens, he could get 300 bats in the majors next year. Good for him. Jace Bowen's not going to be on the Pirates next year. So, yeah, I don't, I don't add him. That's kind of where I'm sitting at right now. Yeah. I wouldn't be up. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Like, let me, let me say that. Like, I, I could see a reason why you would protect them. Um, I personally wouldn't, and I don't think the Pirates will, but I wouldn't say that it's like not earned of him you know if this was last year or two years ago like jace bowen's probably getting added um but the team's in a little bit of a different spot right now and i think i would just prefer them to go a different route absolutely i think i still would be kind of upset if they added him and again it's it's less about him and it's more of this organization why do you keep stockpiling this at best mid-tier talent like go get better Start yeah. shopping in that different part of the store that you keep talking about instead of protecting Jace Bowens. I think it just depends on what they project him as. Like, if the Pirates think Jace Bowen can be like a major league center fielder, then you protect him. <laughs> but and and I don't know if that's what they think of him. I don't know if I think of him as like a starting center fielder in the majors. But um, if they do, then they're going to hold on to him. If if they if they think he's a fourth outfielder, then there's there's they're not going to protect him. Sure. Cool, cool. Yeah, but yo, check out that article. It went up last night. It's on the website. Kind of details and breaks down everybody who's eligible. Um, so yeah, check it out. I put There's a lot of articles. A lot of time you know what, yeah. Jim? We have a blog yeah. now. Yeah, you guys got to check out the blog. It, it's, I'm not going to lie, it's impressive. Everyone's contributing. You know, um, Kenny, Neil, they've both written some really like really in-depth things that that are are worth reading so definitely check it out all right so there's that and i guess we move on to our last little topic here um probably keep it pretty short but this is one of the things we've been craving and discussing because pirates fans lost out on seeing O'Neill cruz this entire year right after the injury didn't get to see him come back and see what he is so like the only last hope is winter ball and basically, from what I'm seeing is he's healthy, he's good, he's ready to play, and he's basically waiting on permission for the Pirates to say, go. So, what do you think about that, Jim? Man, I'll say this. like If O'Neill Cruz is healthy, O'Neill Cruz needs to be playing in, like real baseball games. Uh, there's, there's only so much that... Um, like batting practice and, and things like that can give you, you like you need you need to see live <clears throat> live in-game pitching and O'Neill Cruz hasn't seen that since early April right uh, so I'm of the mindset like if if he's healthy and he's able to play baseball games the Pirates need to let him play in in uh, in lead on um, one so he can get those much needed reps and like i would love to see him get 100 at bats like let him get some run time down there um one he needs the at bats he needs to see the pitching 
And two, like I want to watch them. I want to I want to see I want to see some Spanish announcer just lose his mind when O'Neill Cruz hits like a 480 foot bomb off of some 42 year old middle reliever who throws 79 <laughs> miles an hour. Like I right. I want to see that content, right? So um yeah, so let's 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 do it. If if he's healthy, like let it happen. Like the the guy has to play. Jim's over here like I have a TikTok account too <laughs> to keep up. I need O'Neill Cruz back so I get those highlights. But no, for real, yeah. I'm with you. You know, he's lost out so much baseball that this is a way of getting him back into it because like there's really nothing else. It, it's this and then spring training. So I would love to get him some actual baseball games to finish out this year, to head into next year. Um, I guess looking at this from the pirate side, there's that concern, there's the worry. There's the, we know how the parts are. This isn't a controlled environment. So you're letting this guy go to the Wolves after this injury, after he missed the entire season, right? And just saying, like, he's all yours. Uh, I mean, to a degree, right? I mean, the Pirates can have some input, but really, really not much at all. So, uh, like, that's the worry. And again, like, we know how the parts operate. We know how they are. They love to control everything. So... I don't know if that's what they're waiting on. I don't know if it's like, uh, mm, let's hang out in Bradenton this offseason type of thing. But I am with you. He needs to be down there in Dominican playing a lead on for all kinds of reasons, you know? And I hope it happens. Yeah. I really, really do. Yeah. And um, John Parado wrote a good article on this. Um, GM meetings were last week before they got cut short apparently because everyone got food sickness or something <laughs> but um yeah wash your hands after you poop people right whatever um I, I don't know what's going on in the gm meetings but uh he caught up with ben sherrington asked him some questions here uh he does say um he's doing really well <clears throat> excuse me he's doing really well the updates we've gotten over the past couple of weeks have been encouraging he's doing all the baseball activities uh, he's gotten in some basic simulated game type situations. Um, he's feeling good physically. We'll continue to take it one game at a time. Um, apparently, the Pirates were hoping to get O'Neill Cruz into a couple of Arizona Fall League games is what's being reported here. Um, but the Arizona Fall League ended last week, so obviously that didn't happen. Um, instructional Obviously. leagues going on in instructional leagues going on in Florida. Um, so he may get some runtime there, but again, it's like instructional league. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he brings up the idea of playing in lead on and says the pirates have discussed it, but they wouldn't be able to control the game environment. And that is one thing, like when you're playing in lead on, like those are, those are independently operated teams. The, the major league baseball teams can kind of give those, those teams like, you know, here's, here's how you should handle these guys type of situation. But the Pirates don't make any decisions like when it comes to in games, right? For for Lise, who is who is O'Neill Cruz's team. Uh, but it says here another possibility is Cruz playing in some simulated games against minor leaguers at the at the academy in the Dominican Republic. So I don't know. I'm just saying, out of all of those options, your best talent that you're going to face is in lead on. Um, it also is the only outlet provided there where us as fans can see what he's doing um all those other things are kind of behind 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 closed doors on on back baseball field somewhere 
So yeah, give me O'Neill Cruz and lead on. Let me see him play a hundred, you know, you know, 20, 20 games or so. Um, he needs to get in-game pitching uh, experience, like off of pitchers. And uh, yeah, I just want to see him. I want to see him hit nukes, Denardo. It's been <laughs> way too long since I've seen O'Neill Cruz nuke. And we're not going to see nukes in when he, if he's hitting on the at the academy in the Dominican. We're not going to see nukes if he's hitting at Pirate City. We need to see nukes, and we need to see it in lead-on action. I know, man. And honestly, like I, as a fan, as someone who craves content, right? As someone who just loves O'Neill Cruz and wants to see him hit nukes, that's what you want, right? But I, I guess, somewhat to a degree, like as on the baseball side. I see the argument not to. I, I, I do see it. I don't think it's the correct argument, but I, I do see it. The, the whole control thing. And again, we know the Pirates are all about control. And this is their top guy. We can't let anything happen to him. We're going to control everything. We're going to control the time he wakes up. We're going to control who drives him anywhere. Like everything, right? <clears throat> Jeez, excuse me. So like, I understand that. But what I do think is for best for O'Neill Cruz is being a lead on. Correct. And that's good for the fans also. So hopefully we see it, but I, I have my doubts. I really do. And that's where I'll pretty much just leave, leave that, I guess. Yep. So cool, cool. Um, outside of that, there was, really wasn't a whole lot, I guess, to talk about so far. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the GM meetings were there. That seems to get like a lot of the like, legwork done, started. Into like the winter meetings, they were cut short. So I don't know what that means. Uh, but certainly enough discussion, especially if you're a Cubs fan. Certainly a lot of discussion there. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, like you'll, you'll hear more and more rumors up until the winter meetings, and the winter meetings will happen, and we'll see what happens there. But uh, with that said, I mean, Jim will be there. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm excited. It's my first time at winter meetings. I know you've been a couple of times, so <clears throat> you'll. Uh... You'll just show me and uh, and Cody. Cody will be along with us too. You'll just show us the ropes. Yeah, I don't know how much I'll be showing the ropes because I'm sure whatever I've seen before is way different now after COVID, anyways. But but yeah, it'll be a fun time in Nashville. Hopefully, a lot of stuff happens. That's what I'll say. I just hope it's not a dud. Yeah, yeah. But, hopefully, it's an active, active winter meetings, and hopefully, the Pirates are doing stuff. That too, not just winning the number one overall pick. Yeah, that would be nice too. That would. <laughs> I'm not going to say I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Appreciate everyone for watching. So Cody will be on today with some more MLB The Show. Uh, we'll be back with NS9 Live. You'll be back with some... Right? You're going to again this year. Wait. Do you... Are, you do cardboard and you have your gaming. Are you having both? You have another cardboard? One was just shown and released last night. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. Jim wasted two hundred fifty dollars. That was a highlight. Yeah, that was God. That was just the worst box of cards I ever, I ever uh, opened. So it's also really quick. It's only four cards. If you want to go check it out, um, but no, I'll do out of the park on Thursday, um, and then there'll be some sort of NSI cardboard this week. Okay, so there will be more cardboard, and then over day being the next new show this Friday. So if you haven't checked out the last one, right? Cody is a one on one interview style. Uh, bucking around so he had Ford on to buck around with and uh, this Friday as it seems like we'll probably alternate these two new shows will be the second newest show to the edition and lineup of NS9 so check that out this Friday at 2 o'clock 
Uh, and then outside of that, I don't think we have anything else planned. No, I think that's it. So just Bucking around was fun, though. Yeah, if you haven't checked that, it gets a, it, it's not really Pirates talk. There's some Pirates talk in there, but no, it was, it was just a good... It was a good conversation between Cody and Fort. I really enjoyed they had a segment at the end where Michael McHenry had to pick if something was a pirate or a fort. And it was it was well done. He did better than I expected too. Yeah. I think that was my favorite. Some of those I was like, I don't know what the hell this is. (laughs) And like it seemed as if almost he knew it too. He was very confident in a lot of those answers that he got. Yeah. Yeah, so check it out. Cool, cool, cool. All right, guys. Well, once again, appreciate all of you for watching live. Appreciate you all watching after the show and on podcast form. But we will see you guys later. Bye-bye. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can. uh, And we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot. But if you could take the five seconds to like this video, and subscribe to the page. It helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.